Watch first, 2022, it's what for Pedro show. Well, I'll name some that I like, you know. Yeah, I might be leaving out quite a few. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there might be quite a few I'm leaving out. Uh, Hard Silver, for one. Yeah. All the great solos, you know, like Miles and Sonny Miles. Guys like that. But when I like to mention a guy like Monk, he's a. Uh, to me, he's, he's a soloist, and, and he's got, you know, well, he, he writes so many, so many things, you know. And there's just few like him, really, you know, like Charlie Parker was like that. He, he could play, and he could write quite a few things, you know. Jizzy, he, he writes quite a bit, too. Benny Golson. Benny Golson, he's another. He's you know, another Quincy. Gigi Grace, too. And there's a guy who plays, he's in the Army right now, he plays a named Wayne Shorter. He's a, I think he's going to contribute quite a bit, too. Because he has this, uh, Double talent. He can play, you know, and he can, he's got enough stuff to play a whole lot and then sit down and write a lot too, you know. show happy tuesday started off with august boom asking john coltrane about music musicians he digs back in 1958 and we had big butter with left field and because of those estonian software engineers with their skype invention i got tim biscus looking forward tim hey how's it going right nice to you want to have a well i haven't got spiel much a little bit We'll do a little more because I'm curious about your music journey. But first, we got to give credit Steve Bono, Devin Sarno for the Connects. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, please bring, Tim, your earliest musical recollection memory. 
Um, my, my parents were kind of, uh, um, they weren't really music people, you know, they had a really kind of small record collection. Um, not, and that was in the like late sixties, early seventies. And, and, uh, they had like Smothers Brothers records and, and, uh, Christmas records and stuff like that. And for me, the, the most fascinating thing about any of it was, was tur- turning it on the wrong speed. <laughs> you know, and listening to records really fast. And, uh, there was this, they had this, this seven inch single of a guy doing an impression of, uh, Bobby Kennedy singing wild thing. And there was a skip in the record right when he said, I want to know for sure. And it was, you know, Bobby Kennedy style is Noah for sure. And it, okay, Boston can't talk. Yeah, Noah for sure. Noah for sure. Noah for sure. And Which me and my that brothers. means you're not going to pronounce any of your R's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was just mesmerizing for me. I think that for me that was. The, if you're going to have yeah. a skip in the record, that's where you fucking want it, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so it was you, spot you gotta on. Do I still first, have that record, uh, and it still skips exactly. Yeah, but what I was. Yeah, but. Later on, I don't know if you ever got into, you know, a drummer band has a lot of little rhythmic patterns, but then, you know, the idea of the loop, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's central to, to my to my musical output is, you know, drumming and looping and computers. Well, I think even on the bass, you know, for the longest time, people, oh, no, four-string guitar. Mm-hmm. I really think it's four-string bass. And even on the guitar, how many, unless you're Paganini or something, you know, Thinking you're doing, we got a cape on and doing that violin a melody <laughs> lines that don't repeat after what. There is some kind of drumming like that though. Perk to, to, uh, told me that in India, their loops are really huge. Yeah, like they're yeah. so huge. Some kind of a t- uh, nomenclature to, to transcribe it with open hand, close hand. That some dudes they get one for their life and masters have three or four. They're just yeah. big, but they're loopers. like 27 measures long. <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, they take a week to play. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds yeah. like it's a random thing, but it's actually this huge long ass. Well, sure to go. that humans have had all different ways of making music, but it seems yeah. like one culture is dominated for a couple of hundred years. But I think mm-hmm. that's starting to change. And not like you get rid of the uh, Mr. Schubert and all that stuff, but yeah, no. you just increase the vocab. You just get so, constant. Let me uh, ask about the drums, because you know, yeah, on YouTube.com you can find a half-hour documentary on Elvin Jones called "Different Drummer," and he oh, talks yeah. about uh, he started off on pots and pans, mm-hmm. and then his sister and his paper route, you know, ended up getting. How, how did how did you get on the fucking drum? Well. I remember going on a uh, a road trip. Well, we went on road trips all the time. And um, my brother, my older brother, had two rulers. And he was just banging on the back of the seat of the car while we were driving. And, you know, I was five years old or something like that. And I just remember kind of checking into that and going, oh, all right, there's something there that I really like, you know. And uh, And then years later in high school, my older brother, again, ha- had a friend and he was playing guitar and he had a friend who brought a drum set over and left it in the garage for like years. He just kind of forgot about it, you know, and donate. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so I just would go out there and beat on it and and try and figure things out. What was the um, first record you bought with your own money? Um, You know, I bought <laughs> I bought a uh, like a disco record 
accidentally. I, I, my older brother was really into Kiss, and they had that Casablanca label on on all their records. Neil and I, just thought, I just thought that was. Ca- I'll I tell you, there's a picture. Record. Speaking of drummers and Casablanca, yeah. of course, yeah. there's all kinds of P funk. George Clinton for a few years was doing stuff. Yeah, but there's a fucking Last Poet record, and the drummer man oh, is Bernard yeah. Purdy. Oh now, my usually god! Usually, Last Poets <laughs> only had some young man on conga or something, right? Tumba or something. This and was the, the whole fucking yeah. The, you got the whole trap kit and some dude named Man. He's listed on the record. Did the bass and the guitar? I read somewhere where he was some homeless guy. They never saw again. So oh shit, I gotta find that. I think that. I think it's Bernard Purdy. Purdy is part of the title. It's Bernard Purdy and the Last Poets. Ooh, it's called Garden okay. Garden of Delights. And one yes. side of the record is a fucking opera called Be Yonder. <laughs> yeah, it's in three parts. Uh, it, it's a it's it's a trip. I, I I really recommend this record, and it's I'm it's on Casablanca. So you're looking at a label, and what'd you get, Donna Summer or, or Village People? Ah, uh, it was the Spinners. Spinners. Yeah, wow, they're, they're they're before disco, but it was their disco years. Yeah. Yeah, it was Rubber Band Man. Oh, I, I love that. I put song. it on, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" I was I like, "This is better song. than Kiss." <laughs> Actually, yeah. actually, they later on. I was born for loving you. They tried some disco thing later on. Oh yeah. yeah. So what, let me ask you about uh, first gig that you saw. First gig that I saw. I mean, with my parents, it was uh, Smothers Brothers at Mad Magic Mountain. <laughs> yeah. All right. And what? Yeah, you know, solid. look. I think Tommy played the fucking bass. Oh yeah. Okay. They played music, and they were. I mean, you know, they played some pretty aggressive folk music uh, comedy. <laughs> It's pretty That's exciting. That's a genre yeah. name. And then, and then what, what about school? I mean, you said something about school years, but in school itself, did you were you in the choir, the marching band, shit like that? I was in the marching band. Yeah, I played drums. What, what, well, which one? Uh, the bass do... drum. I carried the big Ooh, bass drum. There's a little schlep there. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit of a schlep. Not as bad as yeah. a sousaphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But out there. Well, what about... You know what, every drummer, I, I know, I mean, kind of a younger man. It's the tri-toms everybody wanted to get on, but only mm-hmm. only a couple cats could get <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I never had the chops for, for that. Um, you know, it, it was like, I, I liked the idea of snare drum. I liked the idea of roto-toms and all that stuff, you know, uh, uh, the tri-toms. But it just, I didn't have the patience to learn all the technical stuff. I was more interested in kind of like, you know, letting, I don't know, kind of figuring out my own stuff rather than trying to look at a piece of paper and figure out what I was supposed to do according to that. It just didn't, it didn't, it it never has really uh, worked for me, you know. You know, uh, John Coltrane said it's better if you play something from memory than reading it. He says you can play it with more. Uh, well, he said you could play a shoestring if you're sincere enough about it. Yeah. Look, you gave yeah. me this uh, book of genius. I want to play it. Big butter. Yeah. And 
only on the screen and they're ruling you out. They don't cross, no, the times they don't cross, no, those times they don't cross, no, they never do cross, not once have they crossed, and they never will cross, no, the times they don't cross, no, they never do
someone who's played it. You know me, you know somebody who's played it. If you know me, you know someone who's played it. A game that will change your life. Sexual Jackers! Sexual Jackers! So my 13-year-old neighbor, she comes over to play this game. What is this game, I ask? What is this game, I ask? What is this game, I ask? She comes over and takes my checkerboard off the shelf. A game that changed my life. What is this game, I ask? What is this game, I ask? She sets up the checker pieces one by one and sets it up for an easy victory. What does the winner get? What does the winner get, I ask? What does the winner get, I ask? What does the winner get, I ask? Molestation! Molestation! Molestation!
After lying a bit longer awake, alone but not lonely, in the gray forest, Pariah looks up to see yet another visitor walking towards her. This time, not in a dream. This is Poser, our witness to this tale. Unbeknownst to Pariah, he had been with her all alone, silently watching the scene unfold. When the iron gates of Clochure were flung open and Pariah was exiled, Poser left the city trailing behind her. He is another witness to truth. A truth Pariah has yet to see. When Pariah had gazed at him in the jeering crowd, he saw himself as a witness. When they banished Pariah, he knew he could not go home again. Throughout the time she spent in the forest clearing, Poser had watched Pariah silently, afraid to announce his presence. Poser enters the clearing. He knew he needed her courage more than she needed his aid. Poser gazes at Pariah, who returns the gaze. They see themselves clearly in one another's eyes, under the gleaming light of the moonlit sky, the two lovers embrace, pretending the night will last forever. They have known each other since the end of time. For one night, just pretend. You can be the earth while fire, air, and water guide me along every square inch of your oceans and your masses of land toward that serene balancing point so you never have to deviate from your axis ever again. Just pretend.
Hot for Pedro show. That chunk of music started off with Big Butter. Book of Genius. And brand new from Alice Bag. Avientate. Yeah. She, she moved to Chiapas. Uh, nice. She was the singer of the bags. I remember she that. The name. Yeah, she's got a bitching book called Violence Girl. East L.A. There was uh, a few uh, Latin. I remember there was uh, uh, Joe Vex had pad three, two, three, four pads. Let me let's be a minute and play. But Tokohana with her very first single ever, A Long Awakening. Uh, oh. Out of uh, Ohio, Akron, huh? Gullums of the Red Planet. That's Harry. Pishar Zove. Something you did for uh, John Zorn. Or with. Weird Nightmare, brand new. Dark Room. Uh, out of Poland. Artie Cooley Rolny. Probably fucked that up, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Bucharest. Maybe that town in Romania. Close neighbors. Senior Salty Balls with Sexual Checkers. Bombers Pregnant Road Trip. Speaking of road trips. They're from D.C. These guys have been together 40 years. Maybe recorded eight, 9,000 songs, did six gigs. They're still going. Sam Lock Ward and Bob Bucko Jr. out of Iowa with Fat Fuck in a Party Hat. David Gerard from his new album, A Lullaby of Memory. Uh, just recent from uh, Chalista, Pretend. And finally, some more Big Butter with Praise. Big Butter, the band with your brother. Yeah. Right? That's it. So he's a big part of you from going back to those fucking rulers, the back of the street. Yeah, that was my older brother. Um, my my younger brother and I. Bonded. Oh, so you're in the baloney seat. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you know where I got that? Scott where, that's good. Scott Action, uh, Rock that's... Action, Scotty Ashton. He told me his ma said, "Scotty, you're just a baloney." Because <laughs> Ronnie was older and Kathy was younger. Yeah. So that, that. now, now with the, me and my band guys, and we we talk about it like the the the, the seat on the airplane, you know the baloney uh -huh. seat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so big butters with the younger, but who got you into the stuff was the older. Well, kind of. I mean, he got me into into Kiss and and rock and roll. And, and his then... buddy left the fucking trap set. Yeah, yeah, that that was nice. But it's like for for me. I started really getting into music when new wave and punk rock and all that stuff started happening. And well, did you I get saw... another thing? Not after school, like graduate, but like afternoon, the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band with some school I, buddies. I, yeah, that was high school for sure. I mean, it was it was like my last year of high school. I really got into it and started playing and several bands at the same time but you know it was are I you kind still of, using that set that donate set or did you get your own by yeah then? okay no that i was using that set it was falling <laughs> apart by the time you know now did these but, bands yeah. do they do gigs did they have names did you write your own songs what was it what yeah was yeah the first band was uh vicious bunnies with <laughs> um <laughs> and that was like kind of like a mm, like a gothy kind of drone dirge band we had this crazy singer that went up on stage and like sliced his wrist and we were all dressed oh. like priests and it was <laughs> what is that band cradle of filth right yeah same vibe, for same sure. vibe. <laughs> yeah. can you remember the first like vicious five eighty six can you remember the first vicious bunnies gig i think there were probably three 
And the only one I remember is that is that one where the because the lead singer was like a 350 pound dude who had a mohawk and always wore leather pants and chaps and shit like that. And he was. I'm just, glad you said chaps and not assless chaps because what you know what are no. the other kind? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was that guy. He okay. was really into leather and and but he was just a sweetheart. He was a great guy. Yeah, but, yeah. And like but, yeah, coming out in high school, and, coming out in high school too, because that's all that peer pressure. So that's balls out. Kind of a hero yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And he was like he was older too. Um, you know, I think he was. I don't know, in, in his 20s. And, and I was just like, I got to hang out with this guy. I met him at a at a class show at, at uh, you know, in Fresno. So, so, oh, Fresno is where you grew up? That's where my pop retired after me. Yeah, actually, you know what? Here's a crazy story. I met you at the Wild Blue when Fire Shit, was that was there. the day they put him in the ground. And he yeah, wanted dude, to be and borrowed. we talked he, he about it. He wanted to be buried and, at sea. Motherfucker. Yeah. Wait, I remember you were just a kid. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Criminy. The wild blue, yeah. It was yep. just a coincidence. It was a fucking... Because I didn't want to go to that thing. He told me... Uh, wow, what yeah, a trip. I remember. Okay. And you he said, I'm doing this show because... Yeah, you said, I'm doing this show because my dad died and I got to yeah. be at this fucking funeral. So I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, that Great. was my funeral appearance. I didn't even go to Deep Boone's. Ronnie's yeah. was the first one I went to, and it was uh, I, I didn't know what to do, so I sp- I spoke some uh, leaves of grass. Well, I asked Ig, "Is it no. weird, Ig?" And Ig says, "Yeah, it's weird, but for this, it's okay." Yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay, okay. So the the only last three gigs. Then what's the yeah. next band? What's the next band? The next band was the Festival of Pain. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. Well, this band was like uh, a guy that I met that was uh, like a college DJ. He had a show called The Late Night Nimbus, and he was playing ambient music and like, you know, new age and stuff like that. So, uh, oh, okay. So uh, what's, what's the big school? Davis is near there, right? Well, he went to Fresno State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Of course, yeah. that's in the town. Bull, and they Bulldogs? had like KFSR radio. Is that the Bulldogs? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Red Wave. So I remember one time doing a gig at UC Davis with uh, Living Color, and the guitar man asked me to teach him to play chess. And I'm thinking, Vernon Reed don't know how to play chess? <laughs> <laughs> that was a trip. But but anyway, okay, so uh, he's a DJ, so he knows about a bunch of different kinds of music. So. Yeah, huge record collection, like faithful believer in Eno and, and the whole Krautrock world and, and all that stuff. Jackie Leipzig. Was he an influence on you? Um, I don't remember that. That what, can was drummer. That? Can, can oh, drummer. oh, I mean, I didn't hear any can then. I heard a lot of like... Um, Noi? Yeah, Noi and uh, Cluster and and Craft, you know, the more kind of ambient side of it. He was Craft, really... Uh, Craft, oh, yeah, Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schulze. Yes, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Not a lot of drums going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, late night uh, sipping tea and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and talking about girls and, you know, tripping out on weird music. But did you do, do gigs or was it just practice? Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. It, and, and this band, so he was a synthesizer guy. I was a drummer, referred to myself as a percussionist at the time. 
Um, and the lead singer played flute and we had a bass player and no guitar. It was, it was very like, uh, experimental. It was like poetry. Basically it was like music to, to, to speak poetry over. You know about the sixties band, Silver Apples? I don't... Oh yeah. Not definitely. So, yeah. Simeon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The same kind of, of vibe, maybe not as, um, not as funky, I, I'm sad to say I tried, but it was, <laughs> you know, there was there was a lot of gentle uh, rototoms with uh, with mallets going on. Whoa. Cymbal rolls and things like that. And you guys yeah. ended up recording? Yeah, there's a bunch of recordings out yeah, there. Yeah, but, but you didn't flow me ever, but Yeah, nothing was ever released. And I don't, I mean, they're all on cassettes in oh, my okay. storage space somewhere. So Okay, okay, just yep. curious. Did you guys tour? No, no. And so, like in that area, middle of San Joaquin Valley, man, there's not a lot of pads to play, right? No, we played it at the same couple of bars over and over again. And we we actually had a um, a woman, this woman Rita, who used to come to our shows and berate us like she was. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like a review or critique? Uh, no, she she just would scream. She would just yell at us. Oh, it didn't matter what you, how you play. She didn't dig it. No, she didn't like it. She she had a thing. I don't. There was some, like I don't even remember talking to her. But <laughs> but the singer and her had a thing at some point or something. I don't know what happened. But yeah, it was a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So. Uh, but it sounds like you're helping other dudes out. Did you get anything going yourself that young? Yeah, well, Big Butter was kind of the thing um, that, that took over at some point. So Greg and I, the guy who was in Festival of Pain, we started doing this thing called the Insight of Blindness, which was like, you know, uh, goth noise band. Uh, it was just me and him. And in doing that, I, uh, I was drums, but also a lot of like, um cassette i would i would fuck with cassettes i would do tape loops i would do um you know effects i I started playing around with uh uh reverb and and delay and stuff like that and the other dude was the synth guy from the last band right yes yeah yeah so it was really with the synth did he ever was he always it was always uh operated or did you sequence did you ever have to play you played with your own loops right you know the screamers yeah. kk played with the drum machine <laughs> yeah yeah well and i used to like i would stick a microphone in the in the kick drum yeah. and run it through the korg uh the, the the sequencer in there and it would trigger it every time i hit the the kick drum so we you'd get this like bow sound yeah you know that you could you could write songs based on that you know and so we did some stuff like that. It was pretty fun. Oh, because you could pitch the shit and stuff, right? Yeah, you could you could program in like four notes or five notes or whatever, and and then off it of would... one hit, one hit would give you a little little ostinato, a little figure, yeah, right? yeah. Wow, what a trip! Yeah, I think well, I brought well, well, more funk into, into that? that band. Was it the synth guy that got you? Who got you? Because most drummers are told they're stupid and all they can do is yeah. hit things. No, this guy was great. He was very he was very kind of patient with me not wanting to learn anything the right way. You know, I just kind of like he would he would do something and I'd go, oh, what could I do with that? You know, and, and I like the triggering thing. He showed me that 
just, you know, speaking into a mic and it was changing notes and everything. And I threw it in the bass drum and I was like, oh shit. Okay. I like this. You repurposed now, now it. Yeah. To your world. Yeah. Now you I'm mean. the bass player too. Tim, Tim, we're at the end of the first time. We got to move. Now you're the bass player. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> March 1st, 2022 Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Tim Biscus. Hold tight for hour two. March 1st, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. that bird? Jeez, that thing had a beak that wouldn't quit. You bet I saw her. I heard her too. Squealed loud and clear the whole time she was going by. Lordy, yes she did. Squealed like the dickens. Had a wingspan that wouldn't quit, neither. Oh yes, some wingspan on that bird. And did you see her land over there? I sure did. Kind of slid along the ground after touching down. And boy, she really let out a fierce squawking then, too. Yes siree, a fierce squawking. And did you happen to notice those black spots up and down her sides? Spots aplenty. And did you see that dynamite tail configuration? A real configuratory tail indeed. Did you happen to notice she was kind of way too big to be a regular bird? I sure did. Did you happen to notice that she wasn't a bird at all? In fact, she was 100% airplane. Come to think of it, I did happen to notice that. And did you forget that we fly those very same type of planes nearly every day because we're airplane pilots? Well, yes, I was just about to say something very much to that effect. Well, how about that? That's, boy, I just, oh. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show start off the second hour. Big Butter doing Bearded Horses. And then uh, Jason Stein with Damon Smith and Adam Sheed doing Blue Isn't For Sitting. Skullcaster with the dance floor prolapse version of Thread Me For Your Ass. And finally, Astral Scratch, Big Butter. People, it's Tim Biscop, not Biscus. <laughs> I sincerely apologize for being so fucking stupid. All good. Okay. Let's continue with the story now. Your, your, your experiment, you bring electronics with the drums. What about the thing? I remember, you know, we lost uh, Sly, uh, no, Robbie uh, Shakespeare on the bass, right? And his, his buddy Sly uh-huh. Dunbar. I remember he uh-huh. moved, like Simmons' drum, like the whole drum set's electronic. Yeah. Did you go yeah. that way? I didn't. I, I, I just didn't have the resources. You know, I, I, I put my money into uh, tape machines yeah. and, and things like that. It was, you know, and symbols like I really liked certain kind of symbols. And, and, and I and I always kind of used everything in different ways. I would take the kid apart and play on things, you know, with mallets and and uh, and record things. And I started making tape loops and and that's kind of around the time when my brother, my younger brother, um, started playing with music seriously, you know, and he he's a bass player and he could he can play anything, really. You know, he, he learned how to play drums and keyboards and everything. And, and he started making music by himself on a little Tascam Porta 2. And um, we quickly joined forces and just started and I would take what he made and and do edits and remixes and things like that with my tapes and effects and everything and and then we started making music together and it just was like perfect you know. We, who came up we, with the name? I don't remember who it was, but maybe it was him actually because he just drew a picture of a guy standing on top of a giant piece of butter and it oh. said Big Butter next to it. <laughs> I got a a butter story. Yeah. Yeah. My pop, you know, my pop was a sailor, right? Engine room Uh and uh, Vietnam tours eight, nine months and all dehydrated chow. So he come back from the tour and we get him at the pier long Uh and he come in the hatch. And the first thing is like six half gallons of milk, just, you know, cone down the side. Yes. Yeah, he was Jones, and they'd cook up 12 eggs. You know? uh-huh. and but the weirdest time was one time I saw he was watching the TV with his back to me. You know, I come into the living room, and I think he's got a bowl of ice cream. He's eating ice cream. <laughs> and he's got like three or four sticks of butter in this fucking thing. He's eating it with a big no spoon. Way. And I looked at him, you know, I didn't even say anything. And he didn't say anything. It was like... <laughs> It, it reminded me, that, remember this cartoon called Wizard of Id, you know, and yeah. a little puff of a cloud, poof. Yeah. He kind of, that's the, the the notion I got that he wanted me to be like right then, so poof. Wow, <laughs> nice. He had that talk about a fucking Jones. Probably for months he was just thinking of this shit. Butter. Uh, uh, now, did was it only a recording um, composition thing, or did you guys do gigs? Or do you? Yeah, we did gigs, yeah. It was, uh, we, every Tell me about the big, fr- yeah, but the first one, right? Can only have your first one once. Oh, man. I, you know, we used to just set up at, at the, like, auditorium, at the amphitheater at the high school. 
with and nobody was there. It was just us and a couple of friends. And we would just jam, you know, and it's like when it actually turned into Big Butter, I don't I don't really know. But we played at a at an Irish bar. Our first gig was in an Irish bar in in Fresno. And uh, we just got up and started playing and and we didn't really have a singer. And, and now, amphitheater, uh, what, what was there little outlet plugs like it was for, like school assembly kind of trip? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Or did you and, bring a generator? I mean, was it a bum rush? Um, no, it was a total bum rush and, and, <laughs> and we just plugged into the, the outlets and, and went for it. There was no like amplification or anything like that. You know, it was, and, but then when we played at the Irish bar, we had, you know, a PA and everything. Sure, sure. And this guy, this friend of ours from the audience got up and started singing and, and, uh, the guitar player was singing and they were, and they just made up these songs and they became these like songs that we would always play and nothing that we guitar ever recorded. Players. So you guys weren't just a duo. Yeah. I mean, it was always, uh, we were always the core, but then whenever we played live, it's like, what are we going to do? Go up there and do it ourselves. I mean, we, so you'd we, have friends to, like supplement your mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, gave me this one, uh, Bosa thrift, Bosa thrift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's listen. Okay.
Watch for Pedro Show, that chunk of music. Start off with Bossa Thrift from Big Butter. Then If Bawana with Zone 1A. Or Zon, sorry. There's no E there. Clear Walk Away from Mark Shippey and Alex Cunningham. Electro Capra from Italy with Breaking Empire. And then finally the Merc. Big Butter. People, I was asking Tim about... This process, how Big Butter, because improvised music has always tripped me out. Like, who who goes first? Mm-hmm. It's it's always different. I mean, like that that Bossa Thrift record is literally me. It started out with me switching on a um, uh, one of those old um, organs at a thrift store and playing a Bossa Nova beat. And I recorded it. Oh, you talk about these these organs that would have like a rhythm section. Thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It did, I and like just a little at the same time, there was this. So it was a, a combination of like somebody pushing around silverware in a in a, like a tray or in a bin, yeah. and this lady said something in Spanish at the same time, and so. That loop, I just figured out, like, playing around with it, I figured out a way that it sounded like she was kind of singing. And then we built the whole song around that. You, you mean you went into the thrift store with a tape recorder? With a cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, a voice memo kind of trip? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. See, people, technology don't all have to be totally shitty. You can capture shit, compose yep. and create with Okay, so you have a secret guest star, an unknown, an anonymous guest star on this. Okay. Yeah, and in fact, I was I took a picture of that and sent it to Money Mark, and I'm like, hey, should Money I Mark buy Nishida. this? Like, yeah, yeah. You know him, okay? This, oh yeah, he's my beautiful. buddy. Yeah, love it. Love that guy. Keyboard repair, right? Hell yeah! And I was like, should I get this? And he's like, no, nah, I don't get it, but play around with it a little bit, you okay. know. And I just, I, I, I was like, all right, I'm all over that. So it ended up on the album. And what about like the the Merc? Yeah, so that first part of it um, is is something that my brother made um, oh, when so he was back in Clovis, at, you know, living with my our parents in nineteen eighty six. Same or town because it was uh, people Fresno. You know, it's like a lot of places. There's a main thing, and if it's big enough, it's yeah. got little things outside and closed a little bit north on the way to yeah. y- y- Yosemite. So you, so you went first for Bossa Thrift, but your brother mm-hmm. goes first for the Merc. Yeah. Yeah. And that second part of it that's like a long drone thing that sounds kind of sparkly. Yeah. That's actually a sample of uh, a YMO record. A um, magic or- is- orchestra from Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just took that and ran it through a bunch of different tape machines and stuff and, and ended up with that. So, so, so. Again, about the process thing. So, like, your brother went, listen to these sounds I got. And you're, and you're listening to this, and you're thinking, you know, some YMO would sound pretty good right here. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of taking the the kind of feeling of one piece of music and merging it with another one. And so, you know, p- taking the, the sort of wild, distorted, you know, drug-addled psychedelic (laughs) uh, edge of that first part and then having it 
float into this like crystal, you know, vapor at the end. I don't know. There's just something really poetic and kind of. You know what it also sounds like to me? Mm. Cinematic. Absolutely. It's a journey. It's not so much loop. It might be built with loops, but it's kind of yeah. a journey. Yeah. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, March 1st, 2022 edition, Pedro Show. Special guest, Tim Biscup. Hold tight for hour three. March 1st, 2022. It's third hour, Watt Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show, start off third hour. Big Butter, doing spill number two. Then the Ratchet Orchestra out of Montreal. Winnow, 2001. Also from Montreal, Miriam Gendron with I Wonder As I Wander. And finally, Big Butter, Girl Who Holds the Sun. Tim, enlighten us to those two comps there, compositions. Oh man, Girl Who Holds the Sun was was a trip. I mean, I I spent I don't know, I went I, I gathered music, I gathered sound from all over the place for that thing. Um there's a sound at the end that's like a splashing sound, and there's a bunch of water, yeah. and that's like we went out to this river and we were just jumping into the water and splashing and and kind of got got rhythms out of that. Um there's another whole stretch of time in there that was we got the keys to the uh the orchestra room at the city college in in fresno and uh brought the four track reel to reel in there and recorded a bunch of loops and um yeah i can't remember what else is in there but it's just it's all it's all tape loops and it's all me sort of like sitting and mixing things and uh you know, trying to figure out how to fit them together in interesting ways. So your yeah. brother's a smaller part of this, too. Um, well, he played a lot of that stuff. I mean, the piano parts are all him playing and me recording it. I, I was never, you know, one for making tonal music at all. I just trusted him to do that part. Okay. But then yeah. he becomes like another part of your big library, uh, your vocabulary to choose from when it comes to... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that Astral Scratch song is the same way. It's actually three different songs that he recorded that I took and put into the computer and started started playing with and started adding things to. And it was... That was probably the thing that I worked the hardest on on that, on that album. That, that song, it was so dense and there's so many little changes... And there were so many little delicate things that I did that that we went back and forth on, and he and he would say, oh, it just doesn't sound right going into that after that," and and I would play with it again, and it was, you know, sometimes when you when you uh, when it's hard, it it sounds better, yeah, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, unless you're just lucky, right? Right. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so he comes up with these three pieces, knowing they were going to be used. No. No. They're separate trips, right? No. He sends things to me a lot of times, and, and he's just like, I don't – he has basically said, I, I give up after I send them to you. I don't really – I try not to think about what they're going to be turned into. And sometimes they're perfect the way they are. I mean, there's a lot of Big Butter stuff that's just him and something he recorded, and and it's the same with me. A lot of it is just me, and, and we sort of agreed a long time ago that we're just going to put everything under that shell and well let me ask you about the first tune that we played today mm -hmm. left field how yeah. that come about that's got spiel and stuff yeah that i think that's me playing drums but god damn it's so long ago i can't remember um <laughs> but but i think what it is is that i played a drum part um without anything else and then he just started recording music on on top of it and there's some real clunky drum stuff that happens in there and i, I maybe didn't didn't think he was going to actually do anything with it when I was playing, you know, but then he just kind of made music around it and made it all make sense. And I don't know, I think it's a really powerful 
thing, you know, and the words are all him. I mean, it's great. Oh, really? But they were probably stream of conscious, right? I think he probably wrote them down right before he recorded it, you know? Oh, okay. But who knows? There's a lot of stream of consciousness with okay. that. Guy. What about bearded horses? You know, I didn't ask you at that time about because that, that, yeah. that was a trip. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, we we had just gotten done. We put out our first album, and um, we wanted to do something really quick, so we did that as like a one sided seven inch single, and uh, we just thought let's put as much as we can into one side of a of a single, and um, sort of treated it almost like a like a whole album side, you know, just put a bunch of different things in there. Um, but but it was like purpose. It wasn't like, hey, what do I got laying around? It's like you, you guys had a mission in mind. Yeah, yeah. That 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 stuff was mostly, I think, recorded just just to be played with in that context. Um, you know, and I, I around that time I was listening to a lot of cut up music, a lot of like Nurse with Wound and and uh, you know European avant garde experimental music and, hot, and so hot hoot Deutsche Grammophone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, Carl Stone had a show in the seventies. I was a teenager listening to KPFK. And yes. It was called Imaginary Landscape. And he would play the most trippy stuff. He's in Tokyo teaching music nowadays. Uh, yeah, I love look, that guy. Oh, you know about us? Yeah, wow. And he turned yeah. me on to so much. And for me, the punk movement was right in line with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you know, I grew up listening to Negative Land on the radio and stuff. Ah. I mean, with that that was that was rebroadcast into into the Fresno public radio station from Berkeley. Right. And uh, you know, so I just ate that shit up. You gave me Winter Squash. Oh, I play Winter Squash. Ooh.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Big Butter, Winter Squash. Then uh, Groove Crater Method, Brother Phil up in Mammoth. Voices outside my head, the fucked up music mix. Finally, the big baby, right? And it's an edit, so it must be way longer, huh? Mm-hmm. Brain Sled from Big Butter. Lightness, Tim. So Brain Sled was... Uh, once we did that that uh, bearded horses record with all the cuts cut ups yeah. on it, we just thought let's do another thing like that. And so we did a whole album that was basically just it was taking things that we had already recorded that didn't go anywhere else and just put them together. We recorded some stuff specifically for it, but it was just a a, a cut up experiment. And we put it out as a cassette, and we eventually released it as an as a double album um, a little more recently, but. Yeah, that that's really all over the place. And then uh, Winter Squash is probably, I think it's the most recent thing I gave you. Um, and it's sort of like the the newer version, the more polished version of what Brainslid and and uh, the other one were. You know, it it starts out as a kind of free music experimentation where we recorded a bunch of. Um, bunch of tracks of us playing drums and piano and all kinds of different instruments and and then it sort of con it, it sort of breaks into uh, some kind of st- music structure and then I started um, playing with it in the computer and and sort of finding that structure and building on that and adding rhythm to it and at the, then at the end it goes into this like really dense electronic drone that sort of resets the whole thing and then it's like an electronic offbeat uh savage attack (laughs) it's just (laughs) i yeah i got really intense at the end it's 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 like when i'm pushing the faders and playing around with editing in the computer there's times when i just sit back and i go oh my god like this is taking on a life of its own and that the end of that piece is like that like it just makes me want to dance every time i hear it yeah yeah trip and and, and, and how long is the the whole baby the whole enchilada because you it says edit here yeah well brain sled is 60 minutes it's, it was a 60 minute cassette and okay. it's and it's like the the album the vinyl version is is close to 60 minutes as well but it's a little bit worked reworked and what's going um, on with big butter right now we're dormant. We're, you know, I mean, I'm mostly a painter and, and, and a visual artist. And, you know, I play with music all the time while I'm at my studio. I use a lot of synthesizers and, and stuff like that and just put things on and goof around with them. Um, but, you know, and every once in a while we come together and we put together all the things that we've been working on and start to to kind of process it. And, we're in that space right now. That last album came out, I think, in 2015, and we'll probably have another one in the next couple of years, I would guess. But we've, and is we've there, got a lot of. Is there a way people can uh, know about it via the internet? Is there a website? There's just a Bandcamp page. Um, you know, Big Butter at Bandcamp, I think, uh, is is it probably b i g b u t t e r dot bandcamp dot com. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that is, people, listeners, go check that out. And uh, so, so, so dormant. So uh, there was no music during the situation the last couple of years. 
Not really. You know, we're both visual artists too. And, okay. and no, I think that's both... great. To me, it's all expression. Why yeah. Do, why why yeah. do you gotta be all split up? That's like stupid genre shit music. Mm -hmm. no and our last yeah. album that we put out, yeah. we did a, a gallery show as well. And, you know, live performed some of it live and, and did some, you know, we, we literally were in the gallery with paintings hanging around us, you know, sitting on the floor with, with instruments playing music. Wow. You know, yeah. Cat Beefheart ended up just doing paint. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all like the I same, said, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, I just... saying. it's expression in different forms. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was beautiful, though, having your board and, and telling them that when, when you get this new album and maybe we get a conference going so your brother can spiel, too. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. I love Jim, it. Thank you so much for being on. And please thank keep you. on keeping on. Peyton, drumming, uh, sound manipulate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all clay for your throw on the wheel and get that pot spun. Yeah, man. Okay. Much respect. People, March 1st, 2022, Dish Watt Pedo Show. Keep you powder. <laughs> <laughs>